Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. One day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collective Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rockin' Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockinPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rockin' Pod Expo. Feast your ears. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. All right, this is part two of three of my master rock and rank of the KISS catalog. Let's just get down to it. If you've missed part one, go back an episode to episode 263. It will explain everything and get you up to speed. Of course, you know, who doesn't like to go in order? I, I don't understand you otherwise if you don't like going in proper order of things. But hey, you know, I'm that kind of a personality. So coming in at number 15 of my personal all-time favorite Kiss albums, uh, an album that I thought that would do better, but it had... A big fat zero hurting its score in the case of Hooligan. Talking about the Love Gun album. I love the Love Gun album, despite that song. Uh, Pretty damn solid record. The last record to use all original four members in 100% of the album. And also, in my opinion, has the distinction of probably having the best opener of any Kiss album, period. So I'm going to kick off the show with it. So hey, why waste time? I stole your love.
All right. Uh, perhaps if I ever do a all-time Joey Kiss top 10 spoiler alert in advance, that song's going on there. Top 10 Kiss songs of all time. It has the lone distinction of being the first Kiss song I ever saw live. So I either went and saw them for the first time in 1977 or 1990. It was, in fact, May 5th, 1990 on the Hot in the Shade tour. Lights went out. They come out of the Sphinx mouth and tear into this song. Always going to love it. And you should, too. It's just a kick-ass rock and roll song. So there you go. Sorry, Love Gun. Because of your inclusion of Hooligan, you get ranked at number 15. All right. Number 14, especially after Love Gun, this will come as a surprise, I'm sure, to most of you. It is, in fact, the 1978 Gene Simmons solo record. I like a lot of songs on there. No apologies at all and no shame. There's a few songs you're like, eh, you know, but I really dig the adventurous parts of the Gene Simmons solo album. I don't even hate the Disney cover. But, you know, songs like Radioactive, of course, you can't deny that one. But I like... All the Beatlesque songs on there. See You Tonight, Man of a Thousand Faces, Mr. Make Believe. I like all that stuff, you know. That's probably stuff from when Gene was a folky back in the day, prior to even being a Kiss. The the Gene Simmons that auditioned for Steely Dan. Yeah, that one. Anyway, Radioactive aside, this is my favorite song on the record. It's definitely the best song on the B-side of the vinyl. This is one of those things where he definitely took the Paul McCartney aspect of songwriting by combining two ideas, marrying them into one song, uh, the craft that Paul McCartney did in fact perfect. He is the best at it. But Gene has a damn fine attempt here with this one. This is Always Near You, Nowhere to Hide.
All right. Finishing off with the highest note you will ever hear Gene Simmons hit on any record. That was Always Near You slash Nowhere to Hide from the Gene Simmons solo record from 1978. That day in 1978 where every member of the band released their individual solo albums. No band had ever done that before. And that's pretty important and a big deal, I think. And speaking of big deals, KISS became a really big deal overseas, almost due to the fact that they didn't tour overseas all that much. But, you know, of course their albums did very well in Japan, Germany, Australia, places like that. And of course they played Japan during the height of their 70s popularity, playing shows at Budokan. But they never really extensively toured overseas, but they had the luxury of going there in 1980 when uh, and I draw a parallel between Kiss and the Beach Boys, two awesome American acts, some of the best we've ever had, to where after about six years in the business, they were yesterday's news in America, so they went overseas and were basically worshipped as gods. So despite the fact that Unmasked did nothing in America, they were fine everywhere else in the world, Europe, Australia, places like that. And, you know, the the lack of success in America for Unmasked uh, is unfortunate in my opinion because I think it's, you know, it's up there with any other power pop band's best album in that sense. Just because Kiss became a pop band, they had to eat a lot of shit for it, especially in subsequent years. But I think Unmasked is the the great misunderstood album of the Kiss catalog. No, it's not The Elder and it's not Carnival of Souls. It's freaking unmasked. So I'm not alone here in that. There's, there's This album definitely has its fans, uh, but it definitely has its retractors too. Some even internally within the band. And Paul Stanley says the production on this album is pretty neutered. And to his credit, he's right on, on some of that. You know, the guitars are definitely too low in the mix. But in a lot of instances, the songs are definitely there. And this is proof positive with this particular song. One of my favorite songs on Unmasked. This is Tomorrow.
All right, don't it make you feel good? The sugary power pop sweetness of tomorrow from the similar fared Amassed record, 1980. Go check that album out if you haven't heard it. So actually, I've been a bad host. Let's catch you up and do a little bit of recap on what the scoring system is so far on this episode. We started off with the Love Gun album, which actually tied point-wise with Lick It Up at the end of the first episode at 80 points out of 100. The Gene Simmons solo album ranked at 82 out of 100, as well as Unmasked ranking at 82 out of 100. So those tied, but I'm giving the Duke to Unmasked because, come on, of course I'm gonna. It's a better album. And the next two entries actually tied on the scoring system as well, both scoring at 84 out of 100, and they couldn't be any different when you're talking about Kiss albums. So let's start with this one. And as of this recording, the most recent Kiss studio album released on October 9th of 2012, it is Monster. And you know, at this point, even more so than Unmasked, a lot of so-called Kiss fans talk a lot of shit about Monster. I really don't understand why. I think Monster is a super cool record. It's tons of fun. And, you know, if you just have to hate on this album and you say you're a Kiss fan, I don't think you're doing it right as a fan. I just I just don't. You know, even if you have hate for Tommy Thayer in your heart, let it go. Just let it go. This this is this is a band in fine form just putting out rock and roll songs and that's always what the band's been about. I think to like an outsider that's listening to any of these albums for the first time and let me know if you are. But I would think that you if you enjoyed all the other albums that you would you would love Monster almost just as much if not more than some of these albums. Obviously, I love Monster enough to put it basically halfway through on the overall total rankings 84 out of 100 is a great score and you know just have fun with monster just you know in the hate in the hate people there's great stuff on here there's a couple of songs you can roll your eyes at for sure i mean you know take me down below is definitely not any kind of literary masterpiece Uh, but seriously does your favorite kiss song of all time come across like you know a day in the life to the outsider no it, it probably does not So what are we pretending to not know here? Monster. Yes. Love Monster. So let's play this song. I think I mentioned this already before, but a super important member to the Kiss family is the great Eric Singer. And one of the more enjoyable songs on Monster is the one that he sings lead vocals on. So I'm going to play you that one. It's been a few years since I played on the show. So here is Kiss from Monster with Eric Singer on vocals. And to my point earlier... It's all for the love of rock and roll.
for the love of rock and roll from Kiss's latest studio album, Monster, and my 12th favorite Kiss album of all time. What? All right. Next album we're going to talk about here is an album that's as old as I am. It came out in 1979. The great Dynasty record. Actually, it's just called Dynasty in case you're a newbie. But love me some Dynasty. Yeah, I definitely feel like uh, an apologist when it comes to defending my taste for certain Kiss albums. I think for a lot of fans that do love this album, and there's quite a bit of us, more so definitely than for Unmasked, that's for goddamn sure. But this is an album that when people talk about Kiss's discography in general, they refer to this one as the quote-unquote disco album, and it's disco for two songs. I Was Made For Loving You and Dirty Living. I also love those songs, but it's not a disco album. It's, it's a rock album in the late 70s, Everybody was making those cocaine, disco, hard rock albums in the late 70s if you were any kind of successful band. And Kiss has theirs here with Dynasty. Love pretty much everything about this record. There's there's a couple of just okay songs on it that hurt it. Also with having the nine songs, it also hurts the scoring system a little bit there. But I think it's a super enjoyable listen. And it's an album I'd recommend. You know, in, anything on this episode especially is 80 and above and 80 and above is always enough for a recommendation for me so yes here's a song that's just deep enough for the general public not to be aware of but us fans love it it gained an excellent new life on the unplugged recording but i've always loved this song and it definitely ranks high up there with my all-time favorite kiss songs this is sure know something
Uh, what I wouldn't give for them to play that live. You know, they've never played that live as an electric band. I'm pretty positive that that's the case. I've never heard of them playing that full electric. I don't think they even did an electric on the cruise, but I, I could be wrong. Maybe they played it on the cruise. That's the only place they would have played it uh, plugged in. So I need to go back and check the set list. I'm being a bad fan right now. but And like I said before, I played that song. You definitely want to check out the unplugged version. It is excellent. Amazing harmonies on there. Eric Singer definitely adds to it as well. But yeah, love me some Dynasty. I got a huge subway-sized poster of Dynasty right behind me here in the Rock Strikes 10 Studios next to the big Kiss poster wall as well. So maybe I'll do a, a photo of that sometime. I never, I don't usually take a whole lot of pictures of the studio here, so I'm kind of a fan of theater of the mind. You kind of make up your own mind in your head as to what the Rock Strikes 10 Studios look like. But if you really want to see it, maybe I'll do one of those uh, things on, uh, what's that thing? My wife runs it, the Snapchat account. We have a Snapchat for Rock Strikes 10. All right. Moving on here. We are, as of this next song, getting in to the top 10 of my all-time favorite Kiss records on the Rock and Rank Kiss special here. And for the next three records here, they all get 85 out of 100. It was a three-way tie, but this is how I ranked them for my specific tastes. And it generally just boils down to how much I re-listen to the albums. So coming in at my 10th favorite Kiss album ever, it is the Eddie Kramer-produced Rock and Roll Over from 1976, their Panic Button studio album, after what was initially seen as a disappointment on the sales returns of Destroyer. That was, of course, before Beth took off like a huge single, and then they were already recording Rock and Roll Over, and it's like, oh, well, you know, yeah. But Rock and Roll Over, it's got a lot of concert favorites in here, a lot of fan favorites. Uh, the version of See You In Your Dreams on here I don't like as much as the one on Gene's record. I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but I feel like it is because See You In Your Dreams hurt this album as far as the ranking. It would have ranked a lot higher if it wasn't for that song. It's kind of the hooligan of rock and roll over for me. Hooligan should probably be a verb uh, on Kiss album lists along with I Finally Found My Way. But hooligan is a lot shorter to say, so let's go with that. But, yeah, there's some solid shit on Rock and Roll Over. I Want You, Making Love, Take Me, of course. I've seen Take Me live, so that's a rare thing. Take Me is a killer song. But we haven't heard from Gene in a while, so let's kick it over to Gene. And, you know, this is a fun, dumb song. I think it's only been played live on the Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun tours, and they haven't played it since then, but I would love to hear this song live. Bring this one back, because it's tons of fun. This is... Ladies' room. Baby, it's time for romance 
Ladies room from rock and roll over good times there. I hope you're enjoying these episodes, whether you're a massive super duper kiss geek like myself or you're, you're a newcomer and you know, maybe not so much a newcomer, maybe like under intermediate. I have a few records. I've might've seen them live a couple of times, but I don't have all the records. You know, let me, let me know where you're at with them. I'm very curious as to whether it, you know, has an effect on your overall enjoyment of these particular episodes. Always curious for feedback. So if you are a Kiss birther, if you merely just celebrate the classic lineup and can't stand anything else, boy, you're really going to hate me right now because after Rock and Roll Over and then the album that's going to be after this, that's at number eight, you're really going to trash me for putting this album between those two classic records but this is my journey and it's my opinion i'm not doing it to be petty i'm doing it because i'm being 100 percent honest and this is the first kiss album that i really had the full journey with as far as you know following the release it coming out i enjoyed it through a, a first generation uh, ripping of one of my friend's cassette copies of it that's how we did it back in the day. We memorized it for the most part because albums were a luxury, you know. But yeah, 1985 and the Asylum record. I make no apologies. I have no shame about my love of Asylum. I think it's one of those albums that gets judged harshly by just the album cover itself, by the clothes they were wearing, things like that. And I don't think people are being completely honest about how good this record is. I always see it in the bottom three of like every critic list, every fan list. And, you know, I, I, I just don't understand. I feel like I'm alone on my asylum island. So if you're with me on this island, let me know because I feel very alone. Besides my, you know, I, I'll just be on this island with my wife, I suppose, which is fine. It's a great way to live the rest of your life. So uh, along with just having no shame about my love of this record, I'm going to go ahead and play the damn lead single. Why? Because it's one of the greatest Kiss songs ever. Ever. It really is. Not only that, it has one of the best guitar solos ever. So you know what I'm going to play, fans. Yes. Turn it up for Tears Are Falling.
All right, windshield wipers off. That was Tears Are Falling from 1985's Asylum and my ninth favorite Kiss album of all time. Moving along here, I'm just blazing through this list. I hope you're getting enough insight versus me not rambling too much. But I'm just gonna I just do what I feel is the appropriate amount, and then we get to the music. Like I said, this album tied on the score system with the last two albums, with Rock and Roll Over and Asylum. So for the win on those three albums, it is Dress to Kill, their third studio album from 1975. And, of course, a lot of fan favorites on here. A handful of songs that still get played live to this day. And a few that I'd love to hear back in the set list. You know, I really enjoyed the Rock the Nation tour in 2004, which... You know, the only disappointment in that tour for me at all was knowing that they were playing Tears Are Falling on the tour, but they didn't play it at the show that I went to. I was very disappointed, but that rebounded once we got out to Vegas for Kiss Rocks Vegas. They played Tears Are Falling there and loved it. Damn near wept. But back to the Dress to Kill record, on the Rock the Nation tour, they played Lover All I Can, which, man... If only they would play that on most tours, I would I would love it. Just great songs on here. Just a, a nice, fun, cohesive record. I think that's uh I think this is BJ's favorite kiss album, BJ from the Rock and or Roll podcast, which I've been on a handful of times. A show you should definitely check out. So what's up, BJ? You know, it, it's hard to pick a song to represent this album. I mean, this is the album that has Rock and Roll All Night on it. This is the album that has Come On and Love Me on it. Love Her All I Can, like I mentioned rock bottom and i'm playing this one just one of the best kiss songs ever once again and love to hear this one live haven't heard it since the cruise i don't think i don't think i've heard it since then but uh, a nice addition every time and of course there's a little bit of jam there at the end if you have the alive version so to represent the dress to kill record this is she
Coming in at number eight, my all-time favorite Kiss albums, the Dress to Kill record, and the representative She from that record. Hope you enjoyed that out there. And my seventh favorite Kiss album of all time, if you'd asked 13-year-old Joey back in the day what his favorite Kiss album was, I'd probably say this one. So I have some massive nostalgia for this next album, and listening to it now, doing the scoring system on it and being honest with myself, it has slipped a bit from my favorite Kiss album. Or it was at least top three back in the day. But right now, good enough for number seven. And it is 1992's Revenge album. And this year actually marks the 25th anniversary of Revenge. So there's been a lot of people kind of revisiting this. And they go back and and some people have been saying, oh, it's not that good. I think this was one of the most anticipated albums in history. Because there was like a three-year wait between Hot in the Shade and this one. And, you know, with everything that went on, the death of Eric Carr, bringing Eric Singer back into the band, then working with Bob Ezrin again, saying they're making a heavy record, they're not doing pop music anymore. So there was a lot of variables that went into the anticipation hype for Revenge. And I was all in, man, for sure. But, you know, and I still like the record. Just bought it on vinyl for the first time ever this year. So glad I finally got to do that. And, you know, I still like the record enough to give it 88 out of 100. Uh, When I listen to it, I still enjoy it a lot. And the song I'm going to play to represent it, I think also gets a lot of shit because it's pretty derivative of a few songs. But, hey, man, pretty much all rock and roll post Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry is derivative, isn't it? So this is a song that didn't really make it past the Revenge Tour, but I wish it would have. I think it's one of those songs they still played it live to this day. It'd get a good reaction. They'd still be able to get a nice sing-along out of it in the crowd, even if they didn't know the song. It's just one of those fun songs, and musically, I think it's awesome. So here you go. To represent the Revenge album, this is I Just Wanna. I got a body built for sin and an appetite for passion.
from my seventh favorite Kiss album of all time, the Revenge album. That was I Just Wanna. Hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. Revenge got 88 out of 100. This next album scored 89 out of 100. It actually tied with my fifth favorite album of all time, but you're going to have to wait until the beginning of part three to discover what that one is. But for now, the one that ranked at sixth, an album that is usually given the distinction of being the best of the four 1978 solo albums, the Ace Fraley album. This album is super cool. It's a classic rock must-own album. If you love guitar, rock, and roll, then this has to be one of your favorite albums of all time. There's not a whole lot to say about this album that hasn't already been said. Ace plays all rhythm, lead, and bass guitars on it. Anton Fig plays the drums and does a tremendous job. And, you know, I'm never in a bad mood when I listen to this album. It's definitely one of those go-tos for me. And I'm sure even the most Fairweather of fans have heard Back in the New York Groove, which I still love hearing Back in the New York Groove. I'm always going to love that song. And Rip It Out is great. It's definitely a massive fan favorite. Uh, Ozone's been covered by the Foo Fighters. So there's a lot of cool callbacks to the Ace Fraley solo album. I'm going to play you my favorite deep cut off of it. And it's just one of my favorite songs on the album anyway. I just like the approach of it. I like the vocal on it. I like all the cool echo stuff. Great solo. Of course, there's a great solo on it. So closing off part two of my Rock and Rank Kiss Spectacular, this is Ace Fraley with I'm in Need of Love.
Closing off part two of the Rock and Rank Kiss special, my sixth favorite Kiss album of all time, the 1978 Ace Frehley solo album. Pretty proud of this list so far. I hope you've been enjoying these two episodes here. The third one is dropping tomorrow. It's an epic. It's about two hours because it's a conversation between myself and my lovely wife, Nola, where we go back and forth and do our top five Kiss albums of all time. So I hope you enjoy it and you tune in for it. Spread the word to any like-minded Kiss fans or anyone that might be crude to the catalog. I like to help people out with their uh, step into that, that world. I just uh, may, Maybe my goal in life is just to be a Kiss diplomat at some point. So, All right. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Of course, please go to cnjradio.com, home of every episode of Rock Strikes 10. And let me get some of these out of the way here. If you go to the website, there, there are these great episodes that aren't on the iTunes feed. Hit up episodes 54 through 57. There's more talk with myself and Nola where we pick our favorite song from each studio album and play them over a four-part epic series there. So episodes 54 through 57, Too Much Kiss, volumes 1 through 4. Episode 76, where I interviewed Dick Wagner, the late great Dick Wagner now, the guy who ghosted on Destroyer, and who also performed and co-wrote over 70 Alice Cooper songs. The guy was a legend, and go check out the Dick Wagner episode, episode 76, easily one of my finest hours. And here's one for you. Episodes 118 through 138. I did 21 episodes in 21 consecutive days where we used our song title Remains the Same series where you take a song and find another song with the exact same title but is not a cover. So I took all of the song titles from the KISS catalog and found doubles for them that are not covers. So it's 21 KISS-centric episodes without playing one KISS song. It is something else. I'm really proud of that one. It took me like a couple of months to put the entire playlist together. And the variety of acts, it ranges all the way from the Bee Gees to Venom. So you got to check out the Kiss song titles remain the same. That is episodes 118 through 138 on cnjradio.com. And also, the last Kiss-centric episode I did last year with Brett Weiss, the author of the Encyclopedia of Kiss, episode 224, that should still be on the iTunes feed, where we discuss hated Kiss songs that we love. So every Kiss special that I've done so far, I think, has a different approach to it. And I hope you check them out, go back, and enjoy them all. Thank you for your time. All right. While you're on cnjradio.com, though, check out the Synaptic Podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. Great show with more episodes coming up. Stay on cnjradio.com for the last theater on the left and wrestling house show blogs that Chris supplies. Chris will be back very soon from Japan. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome to hang out with him again. And last but not least, extra special thanks to KISS Army member Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro, the permanent outro. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband, purchase their latest album Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. All right, we're going to get out of here. Stay tuned for part three, which is happening tomorrow. Until then, have fun. <laughs>